A likely starting defender on the Colts finds himself in some hot water, and now fans must ask themselves what it means, what's next, and what the Colts might do about it. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter our promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. I don't know about you guys, but I've got a million of those at the house. Can't get enough of them. Will I throw any away? Never. And you can't make me do it either. I am Jake Arthur. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Zach and my colleague over at HorseshoeHuddle.com, Drake Wally. Drake, welcome back to the show. show. Thanks for uh, joining us once again. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I wish it was under some better circumstances. We'll get to the better circumstances, but uh, (laughs) I'm honored to be back on Locked On and uh, really excited to discuss a little bit of, uh, you know, the future of the team here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So if you haven't, I'm sure he's a machine. You guys have probably read stuff he's got over at HorseshoeHuddle.com. We're actually going to get to one of those things that he wrote uh, on Tuesday uh, here in a moment. But he and Andrew Moore also host the uh, Horseshoe Huddle podcast over on YouTube. So after here, go ahead and subscribe to that as well. Uh, But on today's show, we're going to discuss the situation surrounding Isaiah Rogers Sr., uh, and the NFL's investigation into his sports betting slash gambling habits, uh, what it means for both him and the Colts short and long term, uh, and what the team might do about it next. Uh, then we're actually going to end the show on a positive note, though, talking about some things that we're actually looking forward to this summer from a Colts perspective, uh, because you guys heard from Zach a couple of times yesterday. You're obviously we're going to devote the first couple segments of this to the Rogers thing. I think we could all depart on some positive vibes today. Yeah. But uh, if you're unfamiliar with the situation so far, uh, basically on Monday, sportshandle.com came out with a report that said an unnamed Colts player was under investigation for a pervasive amount of bets placed, you know, last year for, I I don't think they, uh, I don't think anyone's reported yet how long it went, but uh, basically a whole bunch of bets. They said, uh, and then our other colleague, Destin Adams, came out and uh, broke that it was Isaiah Rogers Sr., uh, someone who is expected to be a starting cornerback for the Colts this year. Uh, so really, unfortunately, if if the NFL's investigation comes true and finds that uh, he did, in fact, do these things that he's alleged to do, then it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a, a pretty big opportunity squandered for him. Uh, ESPN came out with with some further context. Uh, Stephen Holder wrote this. He said the sportsbook account was opened under the name of an associate of Rogers. A source said approximately 100 bets were placed on the account over an undisclosed amount of time, including on Colts games. Remember, that's going to be a a huge deal. Uh, The source said most of the bets were in the $25 to $50 range, although there was at least one low four-figure bet. So 
that's not great on its face. Uh, so initially, all we had on Monday evening were just these reports that it was Rogers. Uh, Destin came out and said it, and then ESPN and some other big fish came out and uh, verified that as well. And then the big one, Rogers himself came out uh, with his own apology. Uh, as you guys can read it here, I'll leave it up for a minute or so. Uh, he took responsibility for it. He confirmed that it is him that's under investigation. Um, you know, it's it's a privilege to play for the Colts. He's sorry for disappointing his his teammates, his fans, and and those close to him. But yeah, this uh, this is a tough situation, Drake. Because don't forget, he's also in a contract year, and he was going to be entering a season that saw him see his most significant defensive role yet. You've got to think. Yeah, and you know, kind of like what Zach had, Zach and Shot had mentioned on the last episode is, you know, obviously there's going to be upset fans. You know, there's going to be upset people that, you know, were really pulling for for Isaiah Rogers. Um, But it's not to drag him through the mud. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes. But it's really from the the standpoint of, you know, a lot of people felt he didn't get the snaps he deserved. A lot of people were looking forward to a high trajectory for this guy. He was the cornerback too. Um, you know, he was going to get a substantial bump in playing time, especially with three, um, which is unprecedented. Three cornerbacks drafted in the same draft. Um, I saw it as they're all three going to learn from Kenny Moore. They're all three going to learn from Isaiah Rogers. Um, but yeah, you know, when you look at this situation, you look at Calvin Ridley, and then you look at the Lions situation and, you know, those were like a couple bets, you know, and some of those weren't even in the NFL. Some of those weren't, I I think Ridley's was on the Falcons, but it was like one, two bets or something like that. This is a lot different. It's hundreds of bets and it's multiple ones involving your own team with the way the season went. Questions are obviously stirring, you know, which games were, that's really not, I don't think that that really matters as much as just the quantity of bets. But uh, again, this is a guy that knows what he did. He knows he did something wrong. And um, I do think that the NFL, kind of like it, it's been mentioned multiple times, I do think that because of the volume of bets that was you know, put down and the way that it was done through another account, kind of like sneakily, I think they're going to I think they're going to bring the hammer down on this one. I think that they're going to show the rest of the league. Look, this is the third time this has happened just a couple of years. And all we've done is just suspend people. So maybe we need to make an example of this guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't see this coming to a good conclusion if their investigation does ring true. And again, if the things he's alleged to have done, they have found to be um, conclusively accurate. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, Calvin Ridley, he was away from the team. He was taking a leave of absence and bet on the team and they got him for a year. It was indefinitely, but it was for a full year uh, before he could be reinstated. And then, you know, all these guys with the Lions, there was a hand, there was like five or six guys between the Lions. And then I think someone on the commanders as well. Uh, like you said, I don't even think it was NFL bets, but it was within the team facility. So a handful of them got like six games. A couple of them got released by the Lions as well. Uh, so like we mentioned, this is a contract year for Rodgers. And while he was probably going to be a starter this year, the Colts did literally just draft three potential replacements. Uh, so if if you if you go by the Calvin Ridley thing and think that he's going to be gone for at least a year, well, there's three guys who have had a whole year to carve out a role. And you know someone like Juju Brents was brought in to start. Uh, Darius Rush was hopefully brought in to start at least at some point down the road. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I can't say for sure what it's going to be yet, but just looking at recent precedent, 
six games is going to be the minimum, I would think. And like you said, it seems like, the you know, this isn't a naive thing. Like he did it under a, an, an account that wasn't for his name. He did it a lot of times. And this has been the rule for a while. When I was, when I was writing for the Colts website, I had to agree not to bet and everything. So like, it's been going on for a while. Everyone in the league knows they're not supposed to be doing this. So I understand where the league is coming from upholding the integrity of the game. Cause you don't want anyone's bets to influence anything they do. Uh, it, it sucks for Rogers, you know, those lapses in judgment, but as again, it was like at least a hundred lapses in judgment. So it sucks for the Colts for him. Cause you don't want it to ruin his career. You, you got to hope things level out at some point, but yikes, man. So, uh, next we're going to look at a few free agents that are out there that could help ease the burden of Rogers potential absence. If he does in fact, uh, get suspended, but first a word from our friends over at bird dogs, fellas, it's warm out now. And that means the sky's out, the thighs are out and bird dogs will make you guys look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, and they fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. You always got to stay limber on your feet, fellas. You don't know what's out there. Bird Dogs also uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, it's the perfect golf short, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and it's, it's great because a lot of those materials that are supposed to be moisture wicking and everything, they just make you smell terrible. But Bird Dogs actually doesn't. Uh, so go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that much. And every dayers, you know, we're cutting down to, to three episodes a week now, but we're still going to bring, be bringing you the regular content. Uh, we've got you the latest on the Isaiah Rogers situation. Obviously you heard from Zach a couple times yesterday with Rashad McGinnis of horseshoehuddle.com. Uh, so keep up on that. Obviously we've also got the 99 days until kickoff series that I've been posting since the weekend. Uh, in that, I highlight a Colts player that's worn the Jersey number of however many days left it is until Colts kickoff. Uh, as of Tuesday, that was 96 days. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's going to be 95 days. You will have to wait and find out who I pick for that. So moving along, I mentioned at the top of the show that Drake had a pretty good piece that came out uh, on Tuesday talking about a few free agent options uh, that could kind of help save the day for the Colts if Rodgers does get uh, put on the shelf for a while. So, Drake, you've highlighted here Casey Hayward, Fabian Moreau, and Marcus Peters. Uh, why don't you go ahead real quick and just tell us, you know, what really stuck out about these three guys and why they might be good fits for the Colts? Oh, well, first off, speaking of uh, speaking of um, Danico Autry, that's a uh, that's one that to this day. I wish the Colts just would have maybe held on to, but right, uh, this thing, doesn't it? That was, he he makes you know that it stings. It stung him a little bit too. He yeah. plays his best football against us, but uh, mm-hmm. or against the Colts. So 
with with the situation that happened, I I personally felt like these three guys fit the mold of look. It's kind of like you're hitting the emergency button just a little bit. So maybe the age doesn't matter as much. Um, I I kicked off with Casey Hayward because I felt like. I mean, he's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's played with four different franchises. He actually started all of his games last year for Atlanta and had a season cut short. It's a guy who can step right in and he can bring just all of the experience you need, which is exactly what they what they really need right now. I mean, I think that your your DB3 right now is probably Dallas Flowers, which nothing against Dallas Flowers he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, you know, defensive experience just quite yet. He was mostly a special teamer. But I mean, you're talking about 152 games. You're talking about 448 tackles, three defensive touchdowns, 112 passes defended and 25 picks. That's a lot of football. And that's a lot of knowledge and experience that a guy like Casey Hayward could prove way more valuable than maybe other teams might look at him like. Right now, I think that he potentially could be the front runner for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, as far as as far as like how long would he stay with the team? It'd probably be like a one year contract. Who knows? He might not even start. Um, but just having him there, man, it's going to help those rookies. I really think. And it's going to help guys like Dallas flowers and even Kenny Moore, who's coming off of a pretty rough year bounce back. I agree. And I like that one a lot. Cause it feels, it feels like something the Colts would actually do. That's a, a yeah. Rodney McLeod thing. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, even to a lesser degree, they don't care if you're very long in the tooth, but if you bring the experience and can help bring these young guys along, that's what it's all about. Cause I mean, Gilmore was brought into play of course, but I don't think they envisioned Rodney McLeod having the role that he did. Like yeah. he was the starter at strong safety all year because Nick cross just wasn't ready, but you know, we've heard these stories, you know, throughout the years of these Colts veterans helping guys so much Mike Mitchell back in, 2017 or whatever year it was where he played the, the tail end of the year. These guys help the development of these players a lot. And it's really important. Casey Hayward's a good one because he's he's well over 30. Uh, but he's got some quality football still in him. But at that age and a price tag that probably wouldn't be very much at all, you're not bringing him in and like guaranteeing him to start. Exactly. So like if if he just plays your brain and face on role from last year, that's perfectly fine. You have Juju Brents there starting, maybe Dallas Flowers or Darius Rush is seeing a fair amount of, of action. And Hayward is in there as well. You can kind of set it and forget it. You trust him because he's been there and done that for over a decade. So I like that one a lot. Uh, what, what was it about Morrow that drew you to him? So I actually liked uh, Fabian, uh, Fabian Moreau because it, it was kind of like I put in the article. It was a name that really doesn't jump off the page. But when you look at his when you look at his line of work, he's actually he actually is coming off of a pretty good year with the Giants. I think he set career highs in tackles. He was he, he had a, a, the second best passes defense of his entire career. Just missed it by one. He had ten, and I think the career high is eleven. I think that if you're looking for kind of like Casey Hayward type of leadership you know but maybe about four or five years younger and you might be able to get a couple years out of the guy i think that that's a really good fit now i will say one thing that is that is interesting about him is that once he left once he hit that that uh that contract here in washington in 2020 he was then picked up by the falcons and then he was off to the new york giants and here he is again 
So that's one of the things that kind of made me think, you know, why is he bouncing around from, you know, from team to team all of a sudden? Because he had a pretty solid career there in Washington. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy who had intercept. He had a he had a couple inter interceptions throughout his career and he played a pretty solid role for that defense, which was always competitive. Um, I think if you're looking for more of the, the the middle, you're looking for the bang for your buck, but you're also looking for maybe a little bit younger Man, I think that Fabian Moreau is one of those names that no one's talking about that could have an impact and could be there for two, maybe even three years if he plays well enough in Gus Bradley's scheme. Yeah, and that's that's another move at this point of the offseason. You know, you're beyond the compensatory pick formula. You're you're getting into mandatory minicamp time. That's a bargain bin move. He's yep. not a pro bowler, but it's a guy who has started and has played good football. Uh, so just like Hayward, but to a, at, at a different from a different perspective that's another kind of classic chris ballard move so that one makes a lot of sense as well uh now the biggest fish out here right now marcus peters that's someone that chris ballard is familiar with so that's it's it's maybe not so far-fetched yeah and you know there's there's a couple wild cards that i also kind of had in mind but man when you're when you're talking about Definitely the kind of like you said, the biggest fish that's out there available still. He's going to have the highest price tag. He's going to be able to have the most negotiating room um, because the guy is a former all pro and uh, he's he's a multi time pro bowler. I mean, this is a guy who has pretty much anything and everything you could ask for at the position. He's not even 30 years old yet. Or no, he, excuse me, he is 30 years old, um, but he's got starting experience out the wazoo. He's been in the NFL since 2016. And in fact, so he's played with the Chiefs from 20 or excuse me, for 2015 to 2017. Then he went to the Rams, which was a Super Bowl season for them when they actually went to the championship and just barely missed it. And then he goes to the Ravens and plays one of the most prominent roles in the secondary. Uh, I mean, I think that this if you're looking for, hey, look, you know what the heck with it? We want a guy who can bring an impact because, look, Rogers, he was going to be a starter. OK, this this was a guy that you you had on slate in a contract year. You probably wanted to give him that long term contract. So maybe you want to just skip the the veteran and the leadership thing. And you just want a guy who's going to start. I think that he would be the cornerback. He might even he might even be a cornerback uh, one. I mean, he's he's a pretty he's a pretty dang good player who I, I still think has plenty of gas left in the tank. And one of my favorite things about his stats is that, yeah, he's got, you know, a bunch of tackles. He's got thir 32 interceptions, but this guy has seven defensive touchdowns over his entire career. A lot of that was front-loaded at the you know, when he was younger. But this is a guy who can make plays, and this is a defense and just an overall team that I believe Ryan Kelly and Luke Rhodes are the oldest guys on the roster, and they're 30. I mean, this is a ridiculously super-duper young team, even more young in the secondary. Even with guys like Dallas Flowers, they're super young. So – Maybe you just want to get the veteran. You want to get the guy who's the most talented and you want to get the guy who's going to make the biggest impact all in one. And if you're willing to spend the money, he's going to be worth more than I think the dollar amount is going to indicate because he's going to bring all of that to your secondary. And those three guys are definitely going to soak it up. Those three rookies that they took in the draft this year. Yeah, I, I don't hate that one. I think he would fit in with Bradley pretty well. Uh, he's got that size and length. He's not afraid to put his hands on you. Uh Definitely a guy that knows how to take the ball away. His first few years in the league, no one else did it better. Uh, I mean, he he's had some things come up in the last few years that have kind of shaken things up a little bit. But I mean, for for a while, he was on everyone's top five cornerbacks list. 
Uh, and he's got, so, he's just got an attitude that just, oh, like, yeah. I think that that defensive, that defensive backroom could really use right now. There's, I mean, look, I know these guys are professionals, but they're rookies, they're young, and I'm sure that they're probably at least a little bit affected by this. And there, there'd be no better way to get things back on track than to bring a proven veteran in um, that's mm-hmm. going to make an impact. And it's going to help you get your, get your youngsters on track. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think it's very far-fetched. I don't know that the Colts want to spend that much money, but they probably weren't anticipating. I mean, they knew this was coming, but they probably didn't anticipate this much noise and perhaps the level of uh, penalty that could be coming. So, I mean, yeah. they did draft these guys for a reason, but if they if they don't want to just throw the young guys out there and they want to bring in at least one veteran, Peters makes a ton of sense. So... Next up, it is good vibes only, like I mentioned. Drake and I are going to tell you some cult storylines that we're most looking forward to this summer. Coming up next. Okay, Drake, so I'll go ahead and get the low-hanging fruit out of the way. Anthony Richardson in training camp. That is definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, how's it going to look with these with these receivers? You know, uh, Alec Pierce downfield. Pittman cutting over the middle on the slant routes. Uh, you know, what's what's his chemistry with Josh Downs look like? I'm interested. I, I'm interested. What about you? I honestly I'm I'm really pumped to see what's gonna happen, like with uh well, a couple things with Dio Dangbo and Quiddy Pay. Um, I'm excited to see what that defensive front's gonna look like without a uh out of Boare. Um, but I'm also just gonna stick right with the defensive backs. I cannot wait to see now I'm Juju Brents and Darius Rush and even Jalen Jones might have an opportunity. Um, Darius Rush and Juju, obviously, more. But I'm really intrigued by when Rush is going to get that bump to the starting role. And is it going to be Flowers in front of him? I'm, I'm looking forward to that kind of competition. But I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what those young guys are going to do uh, in the secondary. Yeah, one guy. So the tight end group is one I'm definitely looking forward to because outside of Woods, Jelani Woods, you really don't know what's going to happen. Mo Alley Cox probably grandfathers into, into a starting role still um, <laughs> Again. just based on, on what the Colts trust. But like we've seen players who are supposed to have a significant role, either get, you know, get flat out cut and not make that final roster or be usurped on the depth chart. Uh, because I think for most people, it makes all the sense in the world for Jelani Woods to be the top tight end going into the thing. You know, if if Mo Alley Cox isn't going to be this commanding blocker that he once was, well, he's not he's not a better receiving threat. And then so is his blocking going to be so much better than Woods that he should be the top guy? I don't think so. Uh, but there, there's, you know, what, seven tight ends that could really vie for a spot to not only make the roster, but have at least a rotational role. You got Will Mallory, the rookie, who is another, you know, stretch tight end that they've got. Drew Ogletree, uh, does he start camp on Pup? Uh, how much is he able to contribute? Because until he got hurt, he was he was performing like the Colts' best tight end last summer. I, I saw it every day. That guy was the Colts' best tight end until he got hurt. So tight end is definitely a group I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of interested to see. It still hasn't been conclusively addressed outside of um, – uh, Akior, I, I think, uh, Emil Akior that they picked mm-hmm. up obviously as an undrafted free agent. Now, health was the final concern that kind of kept him away from the, the 
fourth and fifth round slot that he was put in uh, by a lot of analysts. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what are they going to do at right guard. I'm I'm kind of surprised that a free agent veteran has not like a Gabe Jackson uh, hasn't been signed to the team because, you know, worst case scenario, he edges out Will Fries and edges out a key or, and you've got yourself at least a veteran there. And the best case scenario is he just being there and, and pushing, you know, both of those guys gets one of them to start. So I think that right guard last year was such a revolving door. You had guys like, uh, I think Matt Pryor played there. Danny Pinter played there. Even Braden Smith switched over and played there until Will mm-hmm. Fries actually like solidified the position. I think even Dennis Kelly played there. I, I, I can't remember exactly, but there was like four or five guys. That's what I'm really intrigued by. They got to get that right guard position fixed because it's not easy for guys like Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith to block when on your left or right side, respectively, you've got a defensive tack, you know, coming through the line. So, yeah, we've talked about that recently. You you don't want those veteran guys having to overcompensate and almost babysit. Yep. Like, and you've got this rookie quarterback. You've seen the biggest recent cautionary tale in the league of what happens when you don't protect that and Andrew Luck. So you've really just got to do everything you possibly can to make life easy for Richardson. And yes, he is the most athletic quarterback in the draft, but you don't want him to have to put that on display all the time. Uh, so getting another guard, you, I know you've been kind of pounding the table for that all offseason. I'm definitely into it. And it doesn't have to be even a prominent guy. It can just be someone who started before and provides insurance if if something happens with fries or if fries just isn't cutting it um i just think you have to do a little more my last thing i want to see if nick cross does something because what might be a little misleading is he actually did look pretty good in training camp and the preseason uh he developed this this niche ability to defend the end zone really well and then once the early regular season arrived all of a sudden he wasn't cutting it. So mm-hmm. number one, d- does he pick up where he left off last summer and look good this summer again, but does he show the coaches what they're looking for him to, to show? Uh, because now he's still not a starter. It's Rodney Thomas and Julian Blackman, the starting safeties. Um, but I I've talked to Gus Bradley and Ron Milas. They are very willing to toy with the safety rotation and even use multiple guys, you know, three or three or so, depending on what those guys can provide. So it's a pretty big opportunity for cross to earn some playing time this time after getting totally phased out of defense last year. Yeah. And you know, uh, one, one other position group that really intrigues me is on the opposite side of the ball. And that's, that's just this running back committee. And I, I know that, Bringing in Evan Hall, who is arguably the best receiving back in the entire draft, and you're you, you've got this core of four guys. You got obviously JT, you've got Jonathan Taylor, you have Zach Moss, you have Deion Jackson, you have Evan Hall. Now, obviously, there's others on the roster, but those are really the four you're looking at. And the way that Shane Steichen utilized Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott, and that just that backfield around Jalen Hurts, I am so intrigued to see. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's the number one guy. But who's going to be number two? Who's going to be number three? Who's going to be number four? Um, I'm I my wild card is Evan Hall. I think Evan Hall is going to have a pretty a pretty dang productive year just because he's a bigger, a, not a huge back, but for a receiving back, we used to have nine. They used to have nine Hines. Are you talking about five foot seven, like maybe a buck seventy five? This dude's like six foot tall and two hundred pounds. I mean, he's a big receiving back. So. I can't wait to see Evan Hall on the field, and I can't wait to see what Shane Steichen is going to do around Anthony Richardson with that core group 
of four running backs. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, Hole is definitely a big X factor because I foresee him and Deion Jackson having a very similar skill set, at least initially. Yep. You know, the primary receiving back, you know, they're they're pretty good runners between the tackles and have adequate, you know, ability to get downfield, essentially. So if Hall is able to end special teams ability, no doubt. Uh, that you know that's what got Deion Jackson on the roster in the first place. So if if Hull, you know, checks all those boxes and, and looks just as good as Jackson doing it, but he also looks really good in pass protection, which is Zach Moss's calling card. You know, that's that's one of the biggest reasons he's probably gonna be RB2. Then all of a sudden you've got this rookie that's flirting with the RB2 spot. So he's a pretty big X factor, not to put too much on him, but you know, we said a lot about Josh Downs coming out of rookie minicamp and everything. Evan Hull looked really good too. Yeah. He was getting a lot of passes thrown his way and, and was catching everything as well. So he is definitely going to be an, an intriguing one to watch. I really like that you mentioned him. Uh, so I think that's it for us today, everybody. Every day, Zach and I are about to dive back into the position by position series that we've been doing. Uh, next up is defensive tackle. So you obviously got Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner. What is going on behind those guys? If you don't already follow at Locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also, Drake's handle is right there at D Walster Drake. Be sure to follow him. Uh, also, subscribe to Locked on Colts on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Same thing with Horseshoe Huddle Podcasts. They are on all the audio channels now. They're on YouTube. So make sure after this you go ahead and follow them everywhere. And then we will see you guys tomorrow.